Welcome everybody to another episode of the Brothers Podcast. Give a round of applause for yourselves. Because in a world full of haters, you can only be granted. It is your boy back again, Steven City P. Watson. As always, in line with my partner in crime. Dante Chase Bridges, a.k.a. Dante Chase Bridges. Never needed an a.k.a. And you know what that means together. That makes us the brother. And we are here. Mm. Finally, back at it again. Yes, we it are. It is Thursday, 7.45 p.m. on the time. Or 7.47 how y'all doing right now? How you doing right now? I'm doing good, man. You know, I'm kind of in a mellow mood. You know, I had to go to court today, man. You oh, know, boy. Seen a lot of people go to jail today. Did not like that. Uh, seen a lot of people get off. Well, one person in particular, that was kind of weird. So I'm just kind of mellowed out, man. Just waiting for this convo to happen here. Here's a hint. They're not like us. Trust me. Yeah. The people so, that went to jail was like us, but the people that didn't go to jail, ironically, wasn't like, like us. So, I mean, you know, that was... That so, it's always, it's always a little friendly reminder of how things work. But anyway, we have what you would call a what? I don't know. What, what your catchphrase is? Is it a slapper? Yeah, that's what you're going to say. Do you want me to say it now? Yes, that's what it is. Okay, slapper of a topic. All right, there you go. Let me get, get you back on the speed. All right, so <laughs> we got that going on. But first... We got a little something we call Town Hall Bridges. Mr. Bridges, what you got? I would like to give a shout out to all of our affiliates, man. Shout out to WIAN. Shout out to iHeartRadio. Shout out to uh, Spotify, iTunes. Shout out to uh, all the people that syndicate us. And you know that you can reach us because you know you can't only just reach us on Facebook. You know, we own the Google, mm-hmm. we own the Beans, we own the Yahoos, man. Just type in the Brothers Podcast, man, and you can listen to us while you're driving, you can listen to us while you're, you're chilling, while you're working out because we're everywhere, man. Yes, shout out to you, the people who have been out here supporting us rocking with us with this movement that we're trying to put together especially the new influx of people that we got that's flying in with the likes we love y'all we appreciate the messages we have gotten we appreciate all that support y'all have no idea how much without y'all we wouldn't be keeping this going we love y'all for that we appreciate y'all um shout out to you know a good friend of ours you know i think shout out kim brio kim brio doing her own thing on wvog Damn, Kim. Mm-hmm. Their show right now, uh, from Monday, I think it's Tuesday to Thursday. Right, right. Hit up with that real quick. You got anything else? Man, just shout out to everyone, man. Peace and love, good vibes. I ain't gonna say good vibes only because we need all vibes. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be no joy if it weren't for you getting it right. So just shout out to everyone and let's get this popping because we have to talk about something. Right. One more thing, as always. Shout out the Bears! Because we doing it right now. You thought I was going to have the same energy. Man, you. fuck that. I don't care. I mean, we are on one more win. We are one more win, and we got the NFC North locked, okay? One more win. We got Green Bay, though. Look, I'm not. Good God. We, are, we hate Green Bay so much. That's why I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> I don't want to jinx it at all. Yeah, I ain't trying to do that, get to the first round, get knocked out by the Cowboys, or get knocked out Man, by Minnesota. look, but we got to get ready because I think it's like a noon game, and we got to be zeroed in. All phone calls are being put on hold mm-hmm. on Sunday. Let y'all know. We got to get zeroed in. Mm-hmm. So, 
Let's keep it moving. Uh, all right. All right. You want to listen? Oh, wait, wait. We got this. The other segment we got to do. All right. It's called What's Really Good Out Here? What's going on? What's really good oh, out there? What's going on? So, it was brought to my attention earlier this week. There's a little bit of an, an ongoing rift and war brewing on the end of social media. Okay. From a certain young man by the name of Jacquez, who has apparently dubbed himself the king of R&B. Hey, bro, that's a nice song you got over there, bro. <laughs> you might ashamed if I uh, covered so it. <laughs> man, oh man, he is the he's the king of covers. I know that right now because he is taking everybody's track. This covers. is the Debo. Man, I'm right sitting there like, how is this possible? <laughs> this kid is just ripping everybody's music. I don't understand it. Like, he had LMA, Chris, he just did Chris Brown recently. He did a song about 50,000 years old. I don't want a boy. I'm like, what the hell? Like, does he have any original songs at all? But he's just taking everybody's shit. Yeah, you don't know what that means. But he's apparently, apparently he's got like, all these followers, and now all of a sudden he just blew up out of nowhere. Well, you know, he's been around for, I'd say, the past five, six years, you know, so. Has he been? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, been, I guess this is the first time people have paid attention to him. Yeah, he's been around, you know, he in that cash money, you know, treadmill, and, you know, now, maybe now he's starting to spin out them coins, but uh, he needs to spend some coins to get some original music. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> apparently calling yourself the king of R&B and you ain't got no original material, it's not gonna fly too well. But I did make an interesting comment on my status earlier about why can RB been dead for a while, so why the fuck anybody should care? Are you serious? RB in the in the grand in the major stream, in the mainstream has been dead for quite a while. I don't even trust people that say RB is dead, man. In the mainstream? How is that? In the mainstream, what was the last time you heard a really dope RB track in the mainstream? Oh, now, I'm not talking about what you listen to in the indie, but in the lower level. But I'm talking about on the underground. But I'm talking about mainstream. Let me think about that, man. Last time I heard something that was dope, uh, you know, you got caught in the club singing it with your hands in the wind. I don't recall you talking about <laughs> it. I don't recall this. So, you, you know, yeah, I think it's a lot of positives. Uh, but you know what? I'm not even going to play devil's advocate. There is not a lot of good music that's being produced right now. Especially that makes it on the airwaves when you're in your cars. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go on like the internet, you can find a group called the Internet. You know, that's real dope. But as far as this mainstream now, nah. but this is a different time, man. It ain't it about is. radio no more. It's about you know indie, independent, and you know you have to go find the music, man. The music just don't find you like that. So yeah. I can't say that it's dead. I just say it's in a transition period. That's what I say. Transition, yeah, dead. Yeah, transition period for about a decade now. I'm sorry, but that's a pretty long transition period. Now, trust me, I'm a big fan of R&B. Love R&B. Grew up on R&B and rap music. Right. But come on now. Like, look, it's really hard to find some quality shit. Now, regardless of what he says, I don't understand what the hell he's talking about. Shut up, sucker. You I don't know what he about. claims that, you know, what I did. Now, oh, oh you know what that. you did. No, I don't. You know what you but did. But LMA is dope. I'm actually <laughs> a big fan of LMA, okay? She literally wrote the summer soundtrack of 2018 for love songs. What was another song she wrote other than that other one she heard, you know? Uh, other than the good one. Buddha. That was, Buddha was the first one that yeah. dropped. And then it was. I've been tripping, I've been tripping. 
I don't know. I forgot the name of that song already. <laughs> I forgot the name of that song. Trip. Of course, that's what I'm talking about. Trip. So Trip. So Boot Up and Trip were the two songs that pretty much summed up every black person's love life in twenty in summer of 2018. I think that's safe to say that. You don't think so? Mm-hmm. Why? Why you don't think so? Why? No, I don't think. <laughs> nothing. I'm Look, just being a contrarian. You di- you're not going to disrespect the other right? You're not going dis- to. We're not. I don't care what that. I'm. We're not here. I don't care. I'm gonna speak for him myself. We are not here for the LMA slander. Okay. You see why he was in the. We are not here for that. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about, but we're not here for the LMA slander. All right. Mm-hmm. Fuck that shit. Right here. What the Christmas. fuck is that? I don't understand that. I that don't know what you mean. That was you. Ah, that was not me. <laughs> you know what? Also, ain't me. What's up? I ain't rocking with uh, Nicki Minaj, but I never have been anyway. But do tell. So apparently, there's this new story floating around with Nicki Minaj and her new boyfriend. <laughs> right, right. Her new boyfriend, who apparently, for what we know as happens to be a registered sex offender. Is this a energy that she is seeming to attract in her life, you know? She just apparently gets these type of dudes. Right. She attracts these type of dudes. Her person was a brother. brother. Her brother now was, it was a another? Yeah. Now I, mean, I mean, she has a thing for problematic men apparently in her life. You know, it's uh, problematic would be, you know, like stealing a car, um, yeah. selling some stuff on the side. Um, molestation is a little bit different than problematic. Um, mm-hmm. I, I believe it's a little sick. So uh, let's just say that something going on with Nikki, man. Some Nikki got some deep-seated issues when it comes. To, I think you know what? It actually kind of puts into a broader perspective about her. Cause you think Nikki got some issues. Mm-hmm. She got some aggressive anger management, aggressive issues when it comes to men. Like think about it. Remember the whole tweet leak about what Safari dropped about about when Nikki tried to threaten to kill him. Yeah. She actually stabbed him. Nikki is a sad And people brushed that shit off like it was. <laughs> I mean, it was Nikki being Nikki. Like, she could have killed him. <laughs> Nikki is a Sagittarius, man. So that's going to tend to happen from time to time. It wasn't Jeffrey Diamond Sagittarius. I don't know. Was he a Sagittarius? I don't know. Okay. I think he was. <laughs> so all I'm saying is, is that y'all need to be careful with me. <laughs> Nikki got. Shout out to Keisha. She, that's a good point. Um, Nikki might have some fucking daddy issues. Mm. Speaking of which, that actually brings us to our topic today. Nice segue, sir. The daddy issues and essentially when it comes to women. Right. Chase, hence the point of our topic today, the topic of our discussion. Fatherless queen. What exactly is a fatherless queen, Mr. Bridges? Well, first of all, I just want to... See if everybody can hear what we're saying. So, uh, if y'all can give us a thumbs up to say, you know, the volume is good, then we all good. Cause this chill pop is really uh, smooth. So yeah, it ain't it. We'll, 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 we have no problem turning it down, but we will not mind having it up. Cause it's <laughs> pretty smooth. So you better let us know something. So when we talk about fatherless queens, uh, first of all, we know in the black community, we basically look at our women as our queens and um we had a whole episode about what the word queen means 
Mm-hmm. Just to give you a pinch of it, queens mean whore, but whore means divine being. High priestess, the woman that brings life into the earth. The Ark of the Covenant, the Ankh. You know that Ankh you be seeing those people that be all uh, conscious, they be having on there? Mm-hmm. The Ankh, well that Ankh represents the reproductive system. So y'all all that, you know what I'm saying? But when we talk about the context of fatherless queens, we're specifically talking about a woman that has all the characteristics of being an amazing person in the black community. But because of the strife that has happened within the black community, some of the characteristics and some of the the things and her drive and the way that she goes about her life is a little bit misguided. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why, which is something that we just can't get past, is the fact that there may not have been a father in her life. No. So what we're doing is we're still recognizing that this woman is a queen. She has all the ambition to do great things. She has all the habits and the characteristics. It's just that when you lead or mislead somebody, you can steer it in the wrong direction. So tonight, what we are going to do, we're going to talk about exactly this whole fatherless queen dynamic and not only what we can do, but how we can look at this from a different and unique perspective. Okay? We're also going to talk about a couple of things dealing with the actual fathers. So I just want to make sure everybody's ready for this. Because we might have to cut you a little bit deep with this. Yeah. Yeah, cut you a little bit deep. But like we always say, some may agree. Some may disagree. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that we want all of us to do is learn something. Because we all walk different paths of life. And we all have unique perspectives. And I think the one thing that all of us kind of want, whether it's in the back of your head, side, or in the front... Just to have a better black community and just a better community in whole. And it all starts with a conversation. This ginger root really hits you. Again with the ginger root? It, it, it hits you. Look, I'm trying to be healthy, okay? It's like when you just bite into it, go, ah, in my mouth. And now it's like, okay, it's hot. You got to smell like a Rastafarian healing store in here. Hey, that's fine. It means it's healthy. <laughs> Zodiac energy, okay? We're trying to. <laughs> all right, that's what I'm trying to zoom right here. It's always effervescent in here because you're up in here eating the, ginger the, all the energy, time. The light of the world, your energy. So, I got a question for you, City People. What's up? What do you feel fatherless queens represents when you hear the words together? Fatherless queen, to me, represents broken system. So. Fatherless queen is basically what you looked at as a young woman who has grown up without the idea of, without the nurture or the concept of a fatherly figure in their lives. Mm-hmm. So, which is basically like most of all black men out there. But, right. Without a fatherless queen is a woman who is taught and who can't learn how to directly interact or integrate with men because they don't have a male figure that can teach them that. Speak on it. No male figure that can nurture them. No male figure that can guide them. Because mm-hmm. it, it all starts in the home. And if they're not in the home, then who else do you have? A fatherless queen couldn't possibly be able to approach a man with enough common sense and context and emotional stability mm. to not only to understand where he's coming from, 
but know how he operates and so that way even if you are being played you can't be misguided by it you're not gonna be misguided by it because you understand what's going on a fatherless queen is more susceptible to any type of bs Mm. now why is that because nobody taught because the fatherless queen has not learned anything because nobody was there to teach them. No man's able to teach them. A mother cannot teach them every trick that a man has done. Let's be realistic about this. Now, let me ask you a question. What's up? What do you think are one of the things that uh, a father can teach what we call a fatherless queen in order to prevent this whole situation in the beginning? Well, what, what they can prevent? Yeah. What they can prevent? Well, first of all, they can tell them that not every man was worth your time. Okay. That's right off the bat. <laughs> Not every man's worth your time. Sometimes, if they want your time, you gotta make them earn it. Because let's be realistic about men. We respect you more if you make us earn it. I just gotta be honest with you. We respect you more if you make us earn it. Right, right. So if you don't, if you give it too easily, if you give us your time and your energy way too easy, we're really not gonna, you know, take it seriously. So, and that's part of the game, though. But you all understand it's also a game. You got to be able to play it correctly. So, do you feel that because, you know, a, a lot of the households, matter of fact, it's an astronomical amount of households that don't have the father in there. Because they didn't have somebody up close and personal to teach them the game. Right. It has created a dynamic of women not really knowing how to interact with men. Mm. And... Even when they know how to interact with men, they don't know how to, y'all might not like how I say this, but stay in their lane and let the man stay in his lane. Do you think that that has caused that dynamic? Uh, To an extent, not necessarily. I think more that not being able to stay in their lane is based more on the mother. Because the mother's side of it, because the mother's side has taught that daughter to basically say, you're the alpha of your household, because if I'm the alpha of my household, you're the alpha of the household. You've got to be able to control your own household. So in technicality, that man, that fatherless figure not being in the household does play a factor, but I will say that the mother plays a much bigger role in that one. Because mm-hmm. since the mother is the only one, since the woman in the household is the only one nurturing the daughter. They can teach them to have that type of control and that type of ability to exude that type of energy. So yeah, I would say not. I would say it's there, but not to the extent that a mother would be. Well, this is what I would actually say about it. What's up? And you know, I'm Mr. Science Guy. Yeah. You know, uh, so one thing my uh, colleague right here said, he talked about it being a systemic issue. And one of the biggest things I feel about fatherless queens is dealing from the fact that this was the plan all of along. And one thing I think a fatherless queen represents is a woman without a full understanding of knowledge. I think one of the most sexiest things on a woman is when a woman is aware of herself mm-hmm. and where she stands in the world or the community that she's in. And one thing that has happened is, you know, we've had people from the outside world, the others, that have influenced women to not understand their position with a black man. And you might wonder, well, how does that pertain to a fatherless queen? Well, what came first, the chicken or the egg? A woman can't understand how to deal with a man 
if she never had an example in the first place. And that woman didn't have an example in the first place. And so what we have to come to the understanding is we have to start pointing fingers. This is not about pointing fingers. This is about understanding that there were outside sources that caused this. One of this was what we call the Morningham Report. I'm not from, I'm not sure if anyone has ever seen this before, but on your yeah, on your own free time, man, look up the Morningham Report. And what this was a report came out in the 60s, and it was basically detailing from a sociologist exactly what would happen if the black man was not inside of the black family household. Mm. And the scary, the eerie thing about it was everything that we're going through, especially on the female side, is exactly what happened. What it talked about is when the black family is split up or when the black male has to leave the family, first of all, the female tends to have a kid before she's supposed to. That was one of the things. Now, this dude wrote this in the 60s. And now, almost 50, 60 years later, you can see so many um, teenage pregnancies. You can see so many people in turmoil. Matter of fact, they got a show about it, Teenage Moms, on uh, MTV. This is not even taboo anymore. But these sociologists predicted that when you split that black man out the household, these things happen. Another thing that he predicted that happened was the... A feminization of men, black men, if you take the black man out of the household. Because one thing you have to understand, once you separate that masculine energy outside of a household, the woman means well. And the woman has a divine role to be the nurturer, to care for him, and to be the first teacher of the child. But, like, your, your, your granddaddy will tell you this. You can't teach somebody something that you don't know. Right, And that's not to mean anything derogatory. It's just to mean if you are not this, you can't show someone. So if you are not a male with male hormones, coming from a male perspective, getting treated like a man, you don't have to go through male issues, then you don't have the uh, tools that it takes in order to teach your daughter things like discipline. Things like, and when I say this word, I want y'all to understand what I mean obedience now i'm not talking about to be submissive but i'm talking about to understand where you lie within a system and to be able to be okay with being a partner instead of trying to compete with your family member aka your husband so this dude in the 60s predicted this and this is what we see today well i got a question what's up i got a question about what's that up? so in a sense, you're saying in a, a household, but when it comes to a woman, a daughter in a household, aren't the, what you're describing mostly masculine traits that what would a woman would really need from that? Because if you have a mother, wouldn't it be more beneficial to have the mother in the household teaching the daughter? Yes, because a mother is needed. But... But I mean, as far as the, gen, the gen, being right. a woman... To another woman, a woman nurturing you, another woman. I give you a prime example. Okay. People always say this, and this is true, but it it is so much deeper than this. The first man that a young girl falls in love with is her father. Okay. All right. So, with her falling in love with her father, 
the father literally teaches her how to interact with a man that she loves. If you're a father to a daughter, just by default, you are the one that's providing the guidance, you're providing the finances, you're providing the, um, the role of being the protector, you are the facilitator, you are the person that's showing her boundaries, you know, showing her how she's supposed to approach a man in a man's situation. And on another note, you are literally showing her the energy of a man. Because it's one thing to talk about this, but it's another thing to live in a household and see the ups and downs emotionally of a man. And you have a first-hand view of how you're supposed to interact with that. A lot of times when we get in relationships with each other, one of the worst things that we do because of society, because we, our homes have been broken up. Yeah. And it might not be your home, but it might be your partner's home. And if it's not your partner's home, then it might be somebody that heavily influenced him. So there is something you are always affected by. It. It's not even six degrees of separation. It's like three, two degrees of separation with this. But the one thing that we have not been shown is how to be okay with each other's energy when it's not always positive. A lot of times we haven't been shown when a man is in the home and that man is dominant or that man is showing dominance, how to respond to it as women. Because one thing that I've seen, and this goes back to the times, you know, women having to pick up the ball women having to become more aggressive because they're in the workforce more, they're providing more. And one thing you got to understand, when you're in that workforce, it's statistics that show that workforces boost testosterone significantly. So you are becoming more masculine just by nature. One thing that we don't understand is how does that woman that has just became more masculine, how is she supposed to interact with a very masculine man, a man that wants to guide his family. We're not talking about somebody that's a dictator. We're talking about a guider. And sometimes a guider needs you just to get on the boat. How is that interaction going to happen when you have two budding heads because you haven't been shown in your family the role that each other's supposed to play? Well, see, here's the thing. I got to also ask that question because what you're describing as far as in the workforce, some of these things that women don't really have much of a choice in this matter. Right. So it's not necessarily something that they can really control. Right, this right, is something right. that they have to adapt. It's not about control, it's about adapt. It's about they, adaptation. They have, the adaptation. they have to adapt to this. This is this, The system is a lot made, has forced them to adapt to the system. So yeah, they're going to have to take on some traits that they're not exactly keen to, may not like, may not want, may not want willing to accept, but they have to. That's true. They have to. That's true. So in order, so as far as being raised in that ideology, they have to go into a household automatically thinking they're going to have to be the head of the household. There's no father in that household. They have to be raised in the household. So they go to work to run a household. It's them, only them. Right. For another man to get involved in that situation, they have to be willing to give up power. And that's something that they're so used to having, they're not willing to give it up. And I'm glad you touched on that, man, because one thing we do as people, 
we tend to try to solve a problem in the middle of the problem. We try to jump and give a solution in the middle of the problem. Mm-hmm. We don't look at how the problem began. It's kind of like when you get in an argument with your significant other and she's trying to, he's trying to explain something. You just say, okay, what you want me to do? Mm-hmm. They want you to understand where they're coming from, the root of the problem before you try to solve it. And what we tend to do is say with women, well, they got to work what we supposed to do. That's why we need to jump back and figure out how did this begin so we don't make the same mistakes that we always have, what they've documented that we're doing. So the first thing that needs to happen is there needs to be a healing within the home. So it doesn't get to the point where the woman has to assume the role as the aggressor in order to provide for herself and her children. So one of the reasons why a fatherless queen happens is because of the dynamic, the energy. You have, when, see this is the thing, when you're in a male's presence, and I'm not talking about just any man, but I'm talking about a man that is above board upwardly mobile doing the right things and when I say upwardly mobile I'm not talking about money I'm talking about he has a vision of altruism for his family he wants his family to make it through the world and he's going to do everything in his power to do it Mm -hmm. whether he has all the finances or not when you have a man like that guiding you 80% of what we learn is not true what you tell us is what we observe okay so that's where the problem starts if the fatherless queen doesn't have a template in order to understand how do i deal with a man what is a man role without him talking to me when she gets in a relationship the beginning of the relationship might be hunky-dory because that's the honeymoon phase it's it's the romantic phase sparks are flying but when it comes to actually building a home and starting to have to cooperate with a man mm-hmm. and sometimes take a back seat sometimes take a front seat what we tend to see is and you can correct me if i'm wrong mm-hmm. the woman becomes resistant to a man running over her mm-hmm. but more importantly the woman becomes resistant to the fact of a man assuming power mm-hmm. so one of the reasons why we have to go back to the mother, I mean, to the father-daughter issue is because a woman needs to understand what a man having power looks like so that when she sees it, when she gets older in a relationship, it doesn't scare her and she doesn't react as if she is an opponent, but a person that's just trying to make it in assuming the role. That's why we got to understand staying in your lane is not a bad thing. We all got to stay in our lanes. So I'm going to play a little, do one of your little cards. I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. All right. How is a woman who has never been raised by a father, a fatherless queen, going to take lead from her significant other, the male of her household, if that male has not also been raised without a father? That's a great point. So, because that male, chances are in, in society, there's a good majority of us young black men who have not been raised by our fathers. Mm-hmm. So, how is she going to learn to follow the lead of a man if he was never taught by a man how to lead? 
Well, like, honestly, that's actually simpler than you think. Because at that point, y'all can start to look at it as we're both on the same playing field right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not here trying to impress you with all of my leadership characteristics and how I can make sure that you and your your our future kids are going to be safe. I'm not doing all that because I wasn't raised in order to know how to do it. And you weren't raised in order to know how to take it when I start to act like that. So we're here. So now you have two people because a lot of times we look at that as being a negative. We're fronting so much as if we know what we're doing we don't realize that we now have the opportunity to create new dynamics because we're both novice we're both beginners in this game so i think the first thing that needs to happen in that type of dynamic both of y'all have to be aware of the fact of y'all negative downfalls both of y'all have to come to the table and say listen because i wasn't raised with a father this is what I don't have. I don't know how to lead. I don't know how to be, not to be emotional. I sometimes become aggressive when I see a confrontation or what I perceive as confrontation. So you have to lay out your negative on the table in that situation. And then you all create your own dynamic. And that's something that's probably going to have to be done with a lot of the families out there. Because, you know, most of us wasn't privileged to have the template of a father role model in our lives. Maybe we had a male role model. Maybe we had a stepdad. But there's nothing like having that person that shares that same DNA as you, that has the same mannerisms, the affects, that'll show you exactly what you're doing wrong because he's been through it before. We haven't really had that a lot. So... You're on the same playing field. You just have to take the opportunity to recognize that you both are equal at that point. And now it's about growing. Nobody needs to show the other one up because you're both trying to grow at the same time. See that? What you're describing, I think, um, that's a bit of a tricky slope, in my opinion. Because you just said we haven't had a lot of people who grew up without father pigs in their households. Mm-hmm. So we have to go count on some type of stepfathers or male figures. Right, right, right. Because you haven't been raised by a father figure in your household, some people have a tendency to reject any type of person that right. is willing to nurture them. Right. So you, a stepfather especially, because you're talking about a man that was never in your life to begin with, now trying to assume the role of a father. Which you may be at a certain age or almost always being first rejective of it. Mm-hmm. No matter what the situation is. Unless you're a very young, young child and willing to embrace it. Once you get to another age of maturity and understanding of who that person is. You're going to, of who your father is or your actual father is or whether or not they're around or not. Any new figure that comes in and tries to assume authority over you, you're going to automatically reject Man, boy or girl, doesn't matter. So it's a tricky slope because for you to be wanting to have a father figure in your life or that type of figure in your life, you have to be willing to kind of suppress your desire to rebel and kind of accept that type of role. You know what I mean? Right, right. So it's not, it's exactly pretty hard to be able to do that, especially when you get to a certain age, like being a teenager. 
Mm-hmm. When you used to being raised in the household, ain't nobody told you nothing but your mother. Mm-hmm. And now you got a man who probably is trying to play stepdad to you. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'll say once you hit about the age of 10 and that person hasn't been in a life to mold you, it's right. going to be damn near, it's going to be damn near impossible. Right. All you, you can do is cohabitate at this point. <laughs> That's literally what it is. You At that point, you might as well just go ahead and cohabitate with that person because you might as well play the role of, look, I'm not trying to be your dad. You're already of age to know who your father is. Right, right, right. I'm. I love your mother, but I'm not going to try to play your dad. I'm not even going to try to play your friend either. You I, know. Oh, I'm sorry. Keep going. Okay. What the best thing I could do is, I could love you. I could look out for you. I could be there for you. If you think that's enough to make me be a father figure in your life, then by all means, I will willingly embrace that. Mm-hmm. But I understand one thing. I am here not only for your mother. I'm here for your mother, but I'm also understanding that I have to accept that bring you in too. And I am willing to do that if you give me that chance. Right. I feel like if you approach it that way, it might tie, it might ease the tension a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, like I said, at a certain age, you might not be able to accept that at all. So it's all about really cohabitation. Right. You know, another aspect of this that we should talk about. So. We should talk about the fact of when that fatherless queen decides to have a child okay and the perspective of when they have that child because they've never seen the way a father acts literally they don't understand how the person they had the child with is supposed to respond as a parent anymore now what do I mean by that if you've had children out there, and I think this is something, this is one of them things that women, I want you to really search your souls about. Mm-hmm. Because I think that, you know, I think this might be true. If it's not, always correct. But I think what y'all feel fatherhood is if you had children, you base it on what motherhood is. So you look at that father that you've had that childhood and you say okay well why isn't he up all night with the with the uh with the kid why isn't he making sure all the bottles are ready why isn't he doing this why isn't he uh taking standing up taking responsibility one of the reasons why you're probably doing that is because you never saw how a man is supposed to be as far as a role as a father Mm -hmm. so now you are becoming resentful of your partner because you don't know what that man's role is supposed to be in your child in your life right now yeah which will cause you to be bitter that can become spiteful that can just overall break up the family to create another fatherless queen so what i would say is i think it i think it comes a time where women have to look at the fact that if they have children with a man they have to assume that they don't know how this man is supposed to fit in the dynamic of a new child and her woman and this woman. They have to assume that. Because what I see, I've even experienced it myself. There's this situation where both of y'all don't know what y'all are doing. But the mom nine times out of ten has had a mother to show her how to be a woman with kids 
But the, 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 the boy, the man, he doesn't know exactly what he's supposed to be doing. Which the woman looks at and says, what is your use? What can you do to contribute? And I believe that a lot of times that builds a lot of resentment. That that man is useless. And so what I really think my my fatherless queens need to do is really look at the fact of, do you really know the role of a man in your life, especially when you have children? Do you feel that a man is supposed to act like the woman as far as the children? Because nine times out of ten, the man is not going to be as responsive as as intuitive to that child because for the mere fact that child didn't come out of him so he is not connected to that child like that he has to learn the things that you naturally had because that child was inside of you so you must understand and get back on that level playing field of I don't know where this man fits in this dynamic and be able to say I don't know it instead of assuming he's useless and splitting up another home well then all right, so at this point, we might as well ask, well, who is to blame with this lack of the fatherless person at home? Well, as far as woman is concerned, who's the woman going to, the fatherless queen, the daughter, who, who is she going to blame for this? Well, if there is blame to be made. Like I said, at this point, sitting here and blaming women, there's no reason to do that. Sitting here and blaming men, there's no reason to do that. The reason that you need to know who is to blame and the reason that you need not to take when people say this system is to blame is from the fact of when you see it that way, now you have a common enemy. <laughs> now you're not bashing against each other. F you, F you, you ain't doing nothing. You ain't doing nothing. Yeah. Wait a minute. It wasn't because of us. Right. It didn't start with us. It ain't gonna end with us. It's because of this system. Well, that's pretty hard to tell a woman that because you know, I'm sorry I have to call ladies out, actually I'm not. But women do have a very, very great tendency to not take accountability, so they're always looking to blame something. Hey, and now you hit on a good subject right there. One of the things that having a strong father that has the responsibility of teaching that daughter, just from the fact that he is a man being in the family he's going to show that girl accountability because when shit go wrong in the family with a man it falls on him so a lot of the stuff like i said 20 percent of it is you talking 80 percent of it is you observing and looking at it i think that a, a lot of the accountability would kind of subside because a lot of men say that women aren't accountable I, I feel like that sometimes I feel like that a lot to be quite honest with you I'd be lying if I didn't um, but if you look at the dynamic of why they hadn't had to be accountable then it starts to make sense because as, as much as you may not feel it ladies men by default have to be accountable if something goes wrong in a man's life the punishment is so severe yeah. that he has to be accountable for it. It's like we're forced to. Whether yeah, whether he yeah. wants to or not, you know. And one thing that you have to acknowledge is, as black men, our punishment for things not working out is far more severe than yours. Now that's hard pill for women to swallow because we all go through our different things. Yeah. And, you know, they are different. 
But like I said, today I was in court. And today I seen black men go into court and they will go into court with things like suspended licenses, um, expired registrations. And I literally saw black men get 60, 90 days in, in Cook County Correctional Facilities. Mm, that's it. For the responsibility of a car. And I saw a woman walk into court on a aggravated battery charge because she threw a garbage can at another girl and choked her and literally get 60 days probation and having to attend counseling every week. So the accountability for a man, especially a black man in America, yeah. is far more severe and it far outweighs anybody, even black women of any society. So you have to see that up close and personal with your father and it will give you empathy to know that a lot of times you don't have to come down as hard on that man because you have had a bird's eye view of what that man goes through every day in order to make it. You know what I'm saying? And that breeds accountability because you don't feel like y'all are all uh, raging against each other. This ain't, this ain't your opponent. You're being accountable for the fact that you need for your family dynamic with this man to work. And not because you're trying to save face and show that you are perfect, but because as a family unit, if one person falls, we all fall. If the other person falls, we all fall. And that breeds accountability. But you got to start in your home. Or if you ain't got no role model like that, y'all both got to lay y'all cards right on the table and say that. Mm -hmm. And let's go find out how to do this together. And that's not going to even be easy at all. Mm -hmm. It really ain't easy at all because you're still in the learning process of that. Mm -hmm. You have to learn together. Some people have to learn at a quicker speed than the other ones. Some will learn at a lower speed than the others. But it is a trial. And you have to be willing and prepared to go through those trials in order to get this right. That so it's it's really, it's, 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 it ain't easy. Let's just say it like that. It's really not easy. It takes a lot of patience, a lot of deep programming. I'll tell you that right now. Mm -hmm. It's just not something to process that you can just wake up overnight and all of a sudden you figured it out. Well, let me ask you this. What would be, just give me one solution that you would have to making this problem be better in the future? I mean, obviously outside of accountability. Outside of accountability. Outside of accountability. Uh, well, well, actually, you know what? Just go in a little deeper. What to be accountable for? Let's be accountable for the fact that, for one, we're not all going to have the answers. We're not always going to be correct about the mistakes we made. We, we're going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. We're going to commit follies. And, like, what's, what's an example? Because I think what happens is... We say that as a blanket term, and then somebody commits a mistake, and then everybody be like, oh, well, shit, I don't want it. I ain't even been to that. I will say, for instance, <laughs> you make a mistake about mostly everything's about financial. So let's say you make a purchase that's going to hinder the household that you felt wasn't that, that their significant other didn't feel was necessary. But you made it because you thought you could afford it. Mm. You thought your household could afford it. And actually made the situation tighter in the household. Maybe for that month. Or it may have set you back. Because, you know, bills are a balance. Right. If you make a outlandish, outlandish purchase that wasn't necessary at the time, it can throw off your whole budget for at least, what, a good month or two. Damn sure. It will, it's like a trickle-down effect. you got to work double hard just to make that, get that budget back on track. Mm -hmm. So if you make a purchase like that, so 
UMass called making a mistake. You made a mistake. Making now, a mistake. You made a mistake. Mistake. You made a mistake. You you your pockets were bigger than what you thought were a little smaller than what you thought they were. So you have to be able to take accountability of the fact that you made that mistake and you're having to learn from that mistake. Because the thing is, not only that you have to learn from the mistake, you also have to understand that your mistake is going to put someone else in a tight situation. So it's not just about you no more. It's about the other person you're with. So you really got to take accountability for that. Because it was a really, it could have been a really senseless decision you made on spending your money on that and the household money on that. And now all of a sudden, you're both struggling. Mm-hmm. Now you got to sacrifice that little trip you might want to take. Now you might have to sacrifice that, uh, that a, month, a couple of weeks without having to pay this one bill and you get falling behind. You may have to sacrifice that loan that you might have to go give to somebody. Now you can't pay it no more. Give them that loan no more. Right, right. You know, now you got to kind of hit up a person for a loan. You know, I think we all been there before. Yeah, it's embarrassing sometimes to go through that. And we go through it a lot as people. Mm-hmm. So you got to be able to, that's like one example, you have to be able to make a mistake. Because financially, household, man, right. finances rule the household, regardless of what people like it or not. Most people get into a, re- a relationship to budget their budgets. And you know the one thing that I hate when people say, um, and I often hear women say that it's it's actually real contradictory. Um, relationship. You ever got into a a conversation with a group of women, and like you say, well, man, if we don't make the money, and there ain't nothing happening. And then they say, well, relationships ain't all about money. Sounds like our last roundtable. <laughs> Sounds like the last roundtable. Last, yeah, our last <laughs> roundtable. And you sit there and you just think to yourself, everything is basically predicated on money. Yes, because if. I didn't have any money, you wouldn't be right here because I couldn't afford you to be in my presence right exactly. now. So everything is on money, and I think we need to come to terms with the fact that um, basically, uh, fatherless queens, black men don't have as much money as you think. Yeah. I don't know if you came to terms with that. I think one thing we need to know is look at black men as a whole. And I'm not talking about that outlier that makes a lot of money, but look at us as a whole. Black men don't have that much money we're struggling to make it now as much as we possibly are 97 percent of the wealth is in the hands of whites 2.6 percent is in the hands of blacks and out of that 2.6 percent those are baby boomers which mean those are your parents and your parents parents Mm -hmm. the generation millennials and the wise and stuff like that Mm -hmm. we don't have the money no which brings me to one of the things i think fatherless queens i think that y'all could do we can stop fronting as if we are not in a fucked up situation. Yeah. Because one of the things that happen is you have projected that I'm supposed to be this provider financially. And you know that I can't because you literally are struggling yourself. But you're projecting that you are doing well. Which means I have to project I'm doing better than I really am. Now, we're both fronting in a situation, yeah. spending money that we're not supposed to be spending, going places that we can't afford to go because we are trying to keep up with the Joneses. And if we came to the understanding that we don't have that money mm-hmm. and when we have money, 
it needs to be for making sure our future is better, yeah. more secure, than making sure that I'm stimulating you by taking you out or making sure that I'm stimulating you by letting you know I love you because I bought you a Christmas gift. Mm-hmm. All that type of stuff needs to go out the window. Yeah. Because it creates a, a very unhealthy dynamic that doesn't show each other who y'all truly are and actually make what I like to call relationship mercenaries mm-hmm. because you're only in a relationship to get something, whether you are expressing that verbally or not. Mm-hmm. So we need to stop fronting with each other. Yeah. You need to understand that the black man doesn't have the money. Even the dude you think has the money, he don't really have the money that you think he has. Let me let me bear my soul a little bit since you brought that up. Get the shovel out. Let me go ahead and bear this real quick. So when we started this podcast, I moved out. And it's been some quite some years since I've moved out on my own. Since I lived on my own. So I moved out. And this first year, financially, has been a nightmare. I will admit that. It has been. Because you would understand how much money that would take. Sometimes you don't even have to keep this pl- keep a place like this running all the time. There are still sacrifices that I'm willing to make on my part. Right. Okay. I have a grandmother that has a house. <laughs> she has a house, and she's a res- she's a social worker with a, res- with a psychologist degree, with a psychology degree. It is really unfortunate. <laughs> it's, so, it's unfortunate that she has this lovely, beautiful house. She can make contemplate. She got them six bedrooms, and all I need is one. But damn, I. I you know what anyway, it is? Uh, I just realized that she does. She does have that. She got two bedrooms. She got five bedrooms. Yeah, she does. I wouldn't even have to. She has a full basement in her house. <laughs> She does. I can just go straight to the basement. We wouldn't have to interact. Snicks you know really how many times I have contemplated about <laughs> just saying, fuck all this. I'm going to stay in my grandmother's house and stay in the basement. Okay? Uh-huh. But at the same time, financially, like, when this first year I moved out, it was been hell. And the one thing that I really don't like is to have to be in a relationship where I have to be dependent on someone to Ugh. financially support me. Ugh. Because that will make me that will make me feel inadequate. That'll make me feel like I'm not worth the speed. Now, what's just tell me this? What is one way? Because the reason why I stopped you, mm-hmm. because I think that people, especially women, get it kind of messed up. They feel that because they didn't ask you for any money, mm-hmm. or because you are not asking them for money, mm-hmm. that that's like you feeling like you're financially dependent. Mm-hmm. But just give me another way. That can make you feel very awkward as far as finances being with Well, you. okay. Well, for instance, when you ain't, when you just don't have it. Don't have it. How about buying an outlandish gift that you may say you will know that you'll like, but then you look at the price tag and be like, why did you buy this for me? I mean, I like it. I love mm-hmm. it, but I didn't necessarily need for you to buy it. All right. So what I, I think you're saying is, when a woman is doing things for you and you know because you you because you deal with your finances every day that you yeah. don't have the funds to reciprocate. Yes. So it puts you in an awkward situation of being someone that is because you want to be because you want to be able to match that energy. If you cannot match that financial energy, 
you're stuck now looking like you're depending on that person. And it's a very awkward and actually kind of hard place to be It kind of handcuffs you because now it's at a point where it's just like, I'm more like, I'm, a, I'm like a trophy now. Right. <laughs> it's almost like you're a trophy now. Which brings up a good, interesting topic. Fatherless queens, you need to literally know how men operate, know how men's minds work. Because a lot of the times, and this goes back to what I said, you judge us off of what you feel that you would like. But the way that our minds work, both socially and just on a mental level, is certain things you can't give us. It'll make us feel as if we are inadequate, that we don't live up to what you want as a man, whether you were coming from a good place or not. Certain things you just can't do. So the best thing that fatherless queens can do is take a little time and learn men. Just learn them. Yeah. Not not learn them in the sense of I'm going to go out on a date and know how to get along. Because y'all are pretty decent at getting along with a man. When y'all go on the first date, y'all yeah. get along with men. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about literally understanding how to move with a man when he's trying to build something, when he's working and don't have the money. Understand the psychology of a man, how uh, his ego works, how his mind works, how if he can't afford something, if you push it, the emotional state you put him in, how to make a man feel emasculated. You know, because a lot of times I, I tend to see in, you know, doing a relationship astrology, women will say, well, you know, I thought I was in a good relationship. I'm a good woman. And then she'll list some things that she's done. And I could clearly see, well, you taking away this guy's manhood. You know, you told him to change the tire. And then because he was doing something at the moment, you wouldn't change the tire. Or you don't tell him about things because you don't think he knows how to do it. You have to understand the psychological effect that has on a man. And one of the reasons why you don't is because you weren't raised seeing a man have those emotional reactions. So you don't know how to deal with that when you see it up close and personal. You think the relationship is out of whack. But it's because you don't understand men. And we can say this vice versa. But, you know, we kind of dealing with fatherless queens or we have dealt with fatherless queens because i think we just done ran out of time yes we have oh, man. so with that being said this has been another episode of the brothers podcast we will thank every last one of y'all for tuning in we thank everybody who will soon be tuning in because you'll watch it on replay as always check us out every week we got another relationship roundtable coming up soon a New Year's Eve edition relationship round table. You know what it means. Wine slash champagne. Green in the new year. Food. Oh, food. food. It might get pretty more. It might get a lot. This might be our most interesting one today. Because mm-hmm. we're going to have a lot of opinions. And guess what? The people that's coming. Oh, man, we got to send out the invites. But it, yes, we, we got a little time for that, man. We got a little time. People come and guess what you don't have to do. Pay a thousand dollars in order to get oh, into a trust me, a, a we don't, New Year's Eve party. We're not in front of that. So this is, and actually, you don't have to be out in the street That's getting another shot. Thing. Yeah, we're in a safe environment. Mm-hmm. Everybody's having a good time. All right. 
So be sure to look out for that. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, that has been us. This is Dante Chase Bridges, a.k.a. Dante Chase Bridges never needed an a.k.a. And your boy, Steven City P. Watson. Check us next week. We out of here. here. Peace. Peace.